Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Muscove. Today joined by Chris Woff and Mark Douglas. And we're going to focus on the players who are potentially going to leave this summer. Obviously, quite a few names that have been banned about um, pushed towards the exit door, shall we say. Uh, Chris, we're going to start with Mikel Marino. Now, obviously, Benitez is still a big fan of him, thinks he's got a future on Tyneside, but it'd be fair to say he's not uh, against maybe selling if the right bid comes in and he can get the replacement. Yeah, I think that there's there's some players who Benitez won't countenance selling this summer unless astronomical offers come in, but Mikel Marino's slightly different. Benitez, in an ideal world, would like to keep him. He still thinks he has a future on Townside. He still thinks he can get better. But Marino himself, um, the soundings from his camp and the soundings from his uh, representatives, my understanding is that they've basically been seeking out interest this summer. Uh, there's been calls made out there to clubs who've been linked so far, the likes of, of Real Betis, uh, Athletic Bilbao, Real Sociedad. And my understanding is that uh, Mark Bartra, who was uh, Mikel Marino's teammate, Borussia Dortmund has spoken with Marino as well in an attempt to convince him to go to Real Betis and I think that the problem is Marino wants guaranteed first team football he hasn't got that the last few months he's cut a bit of a frustrated figure behind the scenes uh, on Tyneside and I think that um, in some ways he, he misses Spain and I think that if, if the opportunity came up he will look to go home I don't think he's going to submit a transfer request certainly not at this stage but I think that he is pushing for an exit. And if Newcastle can get a decent bid and think that they can reinvest it, then uh, they may well accept that. Mark, why hasn't it quite got a plan? Obviously, when he first came into the side, we were talking, we were, you know, mm. we not words, brilliant words to describe him. Obviously, had a bit of an injury spell. What, was it the injury which you think just totally knocked him off course? The, the injury means he's lost some form of momentum, but I think it was really John Joe Shelby's form that, that meant you know, couldn't expect to be in the team, really. What, what was kind of interesting for me was Rafa Benitez didn't want to play him as a number 10 was asked a fair few times I think, mm. whether, whether he wanted to play him as a number 10 and, and, and just wouldn't play him in that role so I think you saw by the end of the season the D'Army Shelby axis was so strong that there was no way he was going to break, break into that um, but it'd be a real shame I think if he did leave um, I think it would say a lot about Marino really that he wasn't prepared to stick it out in Newcastle he's got a manager there who will bring him on if he goes back into his comfort zone of La Liga, which is a bit of a comfort zone for him, because you know this is this is a move that, that really he took. He wanted to break forward out of Borussia Dortmund. I think you'd be asking a lot of questions about Mikel Marino if he cut, if if he moves for the second time in or third time in uh, in two years, and you know the fact that he hasn't got regular football at Borussia Dortmund and at Newcastle, you'd start to be asking questions about him in terms of his career. I know why he's looking to go back to La Liga and that's partially because I think that there really are sweet talking in there and I think there are certain elements of his contract as well that um, you know will be there to there for everybody to kind of have a look at if teams come in and, and hit a certain bid I think it may be that Newcastle will be forced to consider bids for Marino but it would be a real shame and I, and I, I think that Rafa will 
try and make a play to keep, to keep him. I don't think he wants. I don't think he wants him to go in by any stretch of the imagination. He's exactly the kind of player that, that Rafa wants at Newcastle. But again, he won't. He won't keep a, an unhappy player. He, do, he will feel like you know this is a really tight group. Um, there are good midfielders out there. Um, Diarmi probably is in his spot there, right to be the number one midfielder along with Shelby. So it's it's a difficult one for Marino. Really, he can't. I don't think he can come in and demand to play. But he is a really good player. Spain under 21 international. You're not going to find too many of them. It would be a crying shame if you left Newcastle, I think. So I really hope it doesn't happen. But I think there seems to be an air of kind of, you know, uncertainty about where Marino goes. I could see this one running right through to August and it being one of the ones where we sort of see the uh, transfer window still being open in Europe after the start of the season being in play. Because I don't think Newcastle will sell him unless they've got somebody ready to go. And they don't have anybody ready to go at the moment. He spoke at the end of the season to, to the club website, talking about where he wants to improve. But he said, look, it was a good season. Still got a bit to learn. I think it's going to be a really good season next season and in the future. Suggesting that actually, reports in Spain suggest that talks of between, or there's a suggestion that he wants to come back and thinks was what he has to describe it as positive. But just, what, three weeks ago, Michael Munich said, actually, look, I'm... I'm I'm happy here, I want to work to improve myself. Yeah, I think when you speak to the club's official website, there's always, and I'm not saying that they've changed it, I'm just saying that he's not going to speak to the club's official website and say, I want to leave this summer. I think that there's always an element of um, that you are speaking, you know, that that is your own club, that's who your employers are, you're not going to say you necessarily want to leave unless the situation is completely broken down. And I don't think it's that he has made his mind up, he's definitely going to leave this summer, but... There is those doubts in his mind. His father is extremely influential on him. His father's actually very close to Benitez, which is one of the reasons why Marino came in the first place. Um, but I think that there's been a little breakdown between them there in terms of Benitez and his father because I think that they feel that Marino hasn't been given as much of an opportunity as he possibly should have done. But during the second half of the season, given the form of, of, of Diarmi and Shelby and given when Marino has played albeit in small patches he hasn't really grasped the opportunity you could see so to a certain extent that's maybe unfair because he hasn't had a prolonged run in the team but he hasn't really stuck his hand up and said I have to be in the team Benitez clearly hasn't seen enough from him in training either because that's where he sets the standard I think you just have to listen to the, the difference in what you've, we've heard from Isaac Hayden over the last three or four months whenever he's been spoken to he said look I really want to get back at this team but I can't have any complaints about the two we're playing you hear from Marino and it's slightly different there's almost an element of frustration there as to I should be playing why, why am I not playing but not in as many words and I just think that it, it, it is a mentality thing to a certain extent um, and he is going to want that he does want to sit down with Benitez and, and find out where where he sees him being in the team next year because he doesn't seem to want to be just a, a player who comes in and out right, Mark's going to have to just sneak off in just a moment so just before you do Mark your kind of take on do you, do you think Mikel Marino will be the cast United player come the first game of the season It'll depend on whether they can bring anybody in to replace him effectively. I, I think that they will try and um, they will try and keep him, but contractually, it's going to be difficult for Newcastle to, to keep hold of him if somebody comes in with a real, you know, a, a really good bid for him. Um, I will sort of say with with Marino, one of the things that Rafa has done really, really well over the last few years, last two years, is built a squad where every player in there is focused and has their mind on the job and one of the reasons why Mitrovic who I'm sure you'll get on to later one of the reasons why Mitrovic is not got a future in Newcastle is because 
I think that Rafa wanted rid of him when it felt like his, he was starting to not quite focus as, as well in training. You look at Modeyami, you look at John Shelby who came back into the team, you look at all these, there's four or five players who um, did get second chances with Rafa and some who don't. And it's basically down to, are you prepared to stick it out with Rafa? Are you prepared to keep working in training, keep yourself focused, keep yourself razor sharp? And I think he'll look at it in the Marino situation and say, look, if he's going to be here and not really have his head in the game as he did last season, I think at the end of last season, which was the same as Chancellor on Denver, and I know you'll probably speak about later as well, Rafa was prepared to sacrifice those players. Big shame if he goes because he's got a massive future. But, you know, again, as much as you'd say it's a shame for Newcastle, it also raises questions about Mikel Marino. No, no player who's really, you know, top player has three clubs in two years and he'll have, he'll have had a massive opportunity in Borussia Dortmund and left and then a big opportunity in Newcastle and left as well. You have to ask the question about mentally where, where Mikel Marino's head is if he leaves. I hope he doesn't because I think he's got a massive future and he could do it in Newcastle. So now it's time for a new feature called McCormick's Trivia Corner because Sean McCormick who is a NUFC writer as well likes a bit of quizzing don't you Sean? Do um, he's now taken up the role as quiz master for the Everything is Black and White podcast. And the, the, the plan is every week we ask either Chris, Mark or Lee, whoever's in the podcast, to battle against each other. Um, and Sean is going to ask some questions. So this is the first week. Um, and over to you, Sean. Yep, so basically every week I'm going to ask whoever's in the podcast a few questions. There'll be a certain amount of points up for grabs. And the wind bragging right, there's no prizes <laughs> yet. But it's, it should be a bit of fun and you can join in at home as well. So... This week, obviously, on Thursday, the Premier League fixtures are being announced. So I've got four questions for you here in total. Nine points for you both to play for. Just come in whenever you think you've got a suggestion and then we'll tally it up at the end. So basically, the first question is, Newcastle have played two teams on three occasions, which is more than any other team in the Premier League on an opening day. Can you name those teams? Uh, Manchester United. Yep. Spurs. Correct. Good start. 1-1. So... Newcastle's biggest opening day win was a 4 0 win back in 2002. Who was it against? Ooh. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's 2002. It's not Bolton, was it? Tottenham, uh, Sunderland, uh, Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday, Sheffield United. That's been sensible. Blackburn? Nope. Birmingham? Nope. No. It was at home, that helps. Yeah, I thought Bobby Robson was the manager. I would have been Bobby Robson was the manager. Can I Google it? You cannot Google it, unfortunately. <laughs> it wasn't Everton. No, it was. I, I remember watching it on the TV. Yeah, I mean, that helps, I don't know. Uh, that does help. That does help. You only about seven. Um, 2002 right. good memory though <laughs> I think he will use Leeds Manchester City nope if you want another clue yeah come on another clue. Clue. so the opposing team was managed by a future Newcastle United manager uh, Charlton West Ham West Ham yes 4-0 West Ham Mark takes a 2-1 lead Alan Pardew manager uh, no, Glenn Roder. Glenn Roder? Glenn Roder. So, the next question, the opposite of that is, Newcastle's worst defeat on an opening day. Manchester City. 4-0, Manchester City. Oh, good go, Mark's still I was there. Match. 
So the final question, there's five points up for grabs, so Chris isn't out of the woods yet. So five players have scored on more than one uh, more than once for Newcastle on opening day fixtures. Not necessarily in the same game, but they've scored more than one goal. Not opening day fixtures yet. Name them. So Shearer's got four correct. Uh, Three two to Mark. Let's Ferdinand. Let's Ferdinand hasn't just scored the one against Coventry. <laughs> so he's <laughs> yeah, just Premier League. He's uh, just Premier League. League. Yeah, not right. the championships. Um, just Premier League. Carroll. Andy Carroll hasn't scored on the pull up the day. I mean, we've got one in a 2 1 win over Wigan. Damabar. Damabar's just got one. CC, no. It wasn't CC. Uh, uh, Andy Cole. Andy Cole's just got one as well. Uh, speed. Dan Speed didn't score on the pull up the day for Newcastle. Rob Lee. Just the one for Rob Lee. Not doing very well here, lads. Michael Owen. Owen didn't score on the pull up the day. Uh, Honest Gutierrez, I remember scoring against Manchester United. Um, didn't. Played, played, <laughs> I played well in played that game. Played well, he didn't score though. Yeah, he did play really well. Oh, uh, before Martins? Correct. Yes. Martins scored in that game. Did, did, that, did I say Martins before? No. Oh, oh, he did not say Martins. He said Alan Shearer, which yeah. will be the answer to every question. <laughs> There's three up for grabs. Martin scored three, two against Bolton, one against Man United. Mark's winning four two now, so Chris, you need all uh, three not, of these. Not to, Kevin uh, Nolan. To secure the win. Kevin oh, Nolan hasn't no, scored no, the uh, Newcastle, not the Premier League anyway. Traffic the, the the games that they played. We need Chris to have a uh, good little run here. Yeah, we do. Traffic. Craig Bellamy. Nope, just the one for Bellamy. Stink wingers. Stink wingers. Solano. Nope, just the one for Nobby. Robert. Nope, none for Robert. Guessing played this, 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 this is He's desperate, isn't he? This is he's just grasping. You're going to kick yourself when you, when you realise these three like. Yeah. Um, let's have a think who might be, who's played up front for Newcastle. I hope we're releasing this footage because the tension to Chris Wallsford is written all over Chris Wallsford. He's gutted, isn't he? He doesn't like that he's about to lose. Uh, <laughs> is he going to lose? He might not lose yet. He might not lose Mark, yet. Mark just needs the one for the win. Chopra. <laughs> <laughs> we are scraping the barrel here. Yeah, me. Uh, no. I'm sure the viewers listening will be screaming that. Do I say Go on, Eddie. Give us a hint. Give us a hint. Give us a hint. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep it quite hard at the minute because I think they're all gettable. So obviously, two of them scored their well, more than one goal in one game. The other scored it across two games. Two of the players left to get scored. So CC was wrong. Yeah, multiple goals. We didn't say CC was wrong. CC was wrong. Yeah, yeah we didn't see it. Right and then the other one scored it across um, several. Wasn't sure. Luawa. 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 Yes. Oh, two against West Ham. Luawa. Actually, Chris Luawa. comes Luawa. in with a one. Two to get. Two um, to get. It's not over yet. You're still fighting for this title. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I'm loving you being done with this. <laughs> Ferguson. Nope. Oh, come on. Carl I'm not sure how much uh, demand there's going to be for to listen to two men going. Uh, uh, well, or quite yeah. high, probably. Um, Come back next week where they might have got the answers. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't guarantee. 
Um, think are they strikers midfielders? They were attacking players. Attacking players. Come on, you've got to tell us here, otherwise we're gonna. Well, I think they're, they're both very good. Kevin Noll. No, Kevin Noll. Kevin Noll. Come on, both I mean, I mean, seriously. Uh, Perez. Nope. No. Uh, you're gonna start questioning your actual. Right, I'll give you another. Oh, wait a sec. Vine album. No, just the one. Okay, I'll give you a better clue to kind of speed up the process. Both of these men scored their goals in the nineties. So it was a Gabriel Overtouch in the next. Uh, he did score on an opening day. Two all against Southampton. Lee Clark? Nope. In the 90s. It wasn't general, it was in the 90s. Uh, Keith Gillespie? Nope. Stick with the wing, I'm, go- I'm gone here. I'm gone, I've gone. I can't think. Can't think at all. Kick it was John. No, it wasn't John Dowd. Really Stop seeing John Dowd Thompson. <laughs> 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 90s. I did, I did say Les Ferdinand. Yes, and you were wrong. And I was wrong. Beardsley. Peter Beardsley. Scoring wins over Leicester and Coventry. You've got one more to get. This is your moment. This, 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 this is crucial. Winner takes all. Watt versus Douglas for the Chronicle of Dragon Rights. <laughs> Peter eight, Beardsley. I can't believe you get Peter Beardsley. Eight minutes that you guys will never get back. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, shocking. <laughs> shocking fall. This is this has been horrendous. <laughs> Sounded a good uh, idea when I suggested it. Uh, 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 uh. I well, I'll say I did this with the two students before they got the answers. It's not Mick. No, it's Premier League, isn't it? I was going to say Mick Quinn. No, it's not Quinny. It wasn't Quinny. 90s. Correct. Who came up? Is it entertainers? Are we talking entertainers? We're here. talking entertainers, yeah. Entertainers era. Let's just uh, Aspria. Tino Aspria. Yeah. Chris takes it. Oh. I was just thinking of all the all the uh, all the talkings. Oh. I, don't, <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed Aspria until you said that. So nice little uh, plug there. Uh, uh, a brace there against Sheffield Wednesday in nineteen ninety seven. There we go. So Chris takes the first week five four. Uh, yeah, well, so I'd give it. I'd give it. Mark, you start slow and you need to come back in. I'd give it up. I'm sure I'd Mark will come back uh, next week and retain the bragging rights possibly. But there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Week. Um, if you have any topics you think Sean should ask, don't hesitate to drop us an email or Indeed. get in touch with us. It might Twitter. be worse at them as well. <laughs> <laughs> I want Fabrice Pancrate to be an answer to one of them. Oh man, what a man. That goal against Waterford. Uh, yes, join us next week for Sean McCormick's Trivia Corner. So there we have Mikel Mourinho's future kind of discussed there. Going to Mbemba now, obviously, he's a, he's a man who, like, Alexander Mitrovic spits opinion a little bit. Some fans do like him and see a bit of potential in him. Uh, question, you know, why is he being effectively pushed out? But it, it is a case that Benitez has seen something on the trainer pitch which he just doesn't really like, doesn't really fit into his plans. Yeah, I just don't think Chancellor Bember is a Rafa Benitez player in the same mm-hmm. sense that Alexander Mitrovic isn't. There are attributes there which you can work with. He's quick for a centre-back. He isn't too bad in the air for someone who isn't the tallest. He's good on the ball. Um, he's confident in possession. But in terms of discipline, and by that I don't mean uh, yellow cards, red cards, fouls. By that I mean following exactly what Benitez wants from his centre-back, following a specific game plan, following instructions, being able to play in a certain tactical way. I think there's been question marks there. The lack uh, of him learning English, he still only speaks pidgin English really, and he's been here three years. And that Benitez spoke with him that first summer, uh, 
following relegation he spoke with Mbemba and he said look you need to work on your English you need to start communicating more with your centre back he didn't do that then there's been some high profile uh, mistakes made by Mbemba in terms of there was the Wolves game in the championship and a few other matches where he didn't follow the instructions that Benitez gave him. Then he came back, and you could argue, start of last season when he was played at left back, <laughs> he was really good. Yeah, I mean, it's strange because Benitez likes versatile players in that sense, and Bemba uh, is versatile, he can cover the full back positions, can even play defensive midfield, that's why he plays for the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, but there's been other issues off the field this season towards the end of the season I think there was a few uh, situations where it was in Bemba was late for training or it just seemed like his attitude wasn't quite there and um, and I think that that has frustrated Benitez I think he's found in Bemba to be quite a, a difficult character to work with in that sense I don't think there's much of a connection there between the two of them um, and, and Bemba is someone who's on a reasonable wage who Benitez knows he needs to get rid of if he wants to bring in a fourth centre-back who can really compete either for those starting two slots alongside Lejeune and the cells or give him the flexibility to be able to play with three at the back more often going forward. Do you think on the training pitch when the players see maybe Mbemba acting up, like Mitrovic maybe acted up, do you think that annoys the other sort of players who've kind of bought into Benitez's you know, the focus, we work hard, we're a team, we're united? think that might be that would be the case yeah I mean I don't want to go too over but I don't think Mbemba was a massively disruptive influence I think it was just that there was a few instances where he was late or he didn't necessarily do what he was meant to be doing in a, in a certain training drill and um, that will frustrate some people like Jamal Lascelles who obviously we know the famous training ground incident with, with the army uh, earlier last season whereby he essentially called alleged that he thought Diarmo was being lazy and that he wanted to, to see more out of him. Lascelles wants to keep raising standards. He's basically Benitez's man in the dressing room who tries to, to drive standards up. So if they see that players aren't necessarily um, maintaining those levels, then yes, I think it will have caused frustration. But I don't think it was that he was a disruptive influence for others. I think it was just more the fact that Benitez didn't think he was conducive to the environment that he wanted. So we fully expect Mbemba to join most likely Porto within the next seven days or so yeah there's been quite a lot of interest from Belgium former club Anderlecht but wage wise to Anderlecht standard Liège or Club Bruges it's, it's looking like an issue it was always he was basically going to be the highest paid defender if not player in the history of the Belgian league if he had gone back there there's been interest from Hoffenheim um, there's also been interest from a couple of Italian clubs but it seems like Porto um, are quite far down the line towards getting and um, but nothing sorted yet that things may change but it's looking likely that he could go there Celtic were also interested as well um, and, and sticking with the centre-backs obviously we expect Mbemba to go chance Mikel Marina goes we're not saying that we expect Florian Lejeune or Jamal Lascelles to go however there has been a lot of interest over the last few weeks I suppose you know we're one of the understanding that both will be here coming the start of the season Everton today reportedly after Ben Gibson after refusing to get into it a bit more, according to the Sun, over Jamal Lascelles. Um, I mean, I suppose after a good season or a good second half of the season, when them two eventually managed to play it together consistently, their rumours are always going to pop up. They will, and I think that as far as those, they're not just rumours. There is genuine interest there, and my understanding from uh, Lejeune is that Sevilla are very, very keen 
Uh, his former manager is now there. He's someone that they're selling uh, Lenglet, their centre back. They're going to need another defender. And Lejeune is someone that, that they would very much like. Lascelles, there's certainly interest from Chelsea and Spurs. Uh, if Spurs are going to sell Alderweireld, which it looks likely they will, um, Chelsea are going to need another centre back as well. And uh, they need more English players, a greater number of home qualified players, and that's what that's why Lascelles is always going to be of interest to these bigger clubs when he's playing as well as he, he is, because there are not that many English players around of mine English centre backs who are playing to his level. So the interest is genuine, but yes, we fully expect at this stage for them to beat Newcastle, it's going to take a big, big offer, certainly for Lascelles, but Lejeune's got, I think Newcastle would want at least double their money, they paid 8.8 million last year, they'd want at least double that before they contemplate selling Lejeune, he's got four years left in his contract. These are players Rafa thinks he can build a team around and he actually wants, once he sells them Bemba, to bring in another centre-back to help complement them, plus Kieran Clark, who he sees as a good player in there to have as a fourth centre-back and he wants someone who's going to raise the level and challenge that first team, so he doesn't want to, to lose those two starters, but he is looking to increase competition. Any names that have cropped up for you for that new centre-back to come in? Well, I mean, Martin Skirtle has been offered Newcastle's way by his representatives, is my understanding, whether there's any interest there I have to be honest I'm not 100% sure I don't know whether Newcastle would want to take a 33 year old who's probably on reasonably high wages although Benitez would like more experience but that one I'm not really sure on um, there's a young boy centre back whose name escapes me who Newcastle have watched Kazim um, Nehu yeah Kazim Nehu they've, they've watched but they've watched a lot of players I'm not saying that he's necessarily top of the list um, and they would be the ones who, who immediately spring to mind but I, there, there is a list of, of, of several players like in every position that Benitez has been trailing over the course of, of the last year and it, the fact that Mbemba is looking like he's moving closer at the exit suggests to me that Newcastle are confident they are getting closer towards bringing in a player I mean part of that issue is he needs Benitez needs to get wages off the, the budget anyway problem Newcastle had last year was a lot of players who they're still like, yes they may have got rid of the likes of De Jong who, who was on big wages but they, they had the likes of Henri Savé uh, the likes of Matt Sells out on loan and they were paying a large portion of those wages Newcastle are trying to sell these players this summer so that they don't have that um, or they're trying to get loan deals whereby the majority if not all of it is covered so that will free up space to allow Benitez to be able to start making signs. Stuff. We'll move on to the forwards now because in general the midfield you can't really other than Mikel Marino heading out um, which again we're not seeing is, is the case you can't really see anybody kind of depart and I think you, it's fair to say Benitez is quite happy with the, the wingers he's got at the midfield more likely to maybe see another one come in but you can't really see Rolando Aaron's there's a chance could go um, be on loan be on loan or permanent I mean he was on loan as Hellas Verona, he's also had some off-field issues and I think that, again, um, that even more so than Mbemba, there's, there's Benitez has, has grown quite frustrated, I think, with, with a lot of what Aaron's has done off the field. I think he finds him, he doesn't necessarily think he's had the focus that he needs to show and they hoped that sending him to Hellas Verona was going to resolve that and I'm not saying his focus hasn't shifted, maybe it has, but in terms of performances on the pitch, he didn't exactly excel there, they got relegated, he didn't even play every single week didn't score that much or create that much so I think that Newcastle will be looking either loan or sell in the summer particularly if they can get either Kennedy or another winger back in and that will push them even further down the pecking order so that would be the main one I'd possibly think might go I don't think likely elsewhere 
unless Newcastle to make significant reinforcements. They want another midfielder, um, an attack in an attacking midfielder. If Marino was to go to Moutinho, he will. But if he was to go, they'd want another midfielder to cover in there. Thiago Maia has been linked, and my understanding is he is someone Newcastle have watched, and I think he is almost there as a contingency plan. If Marino goes, we can get him for a relatively similar price. Um, so I think he's he's one to potentially look out for if Marino does go. But elsewhere, at, at Perez, although clubs are interested, my understanding is that he wants to stay. Benitez wants him to stay and wants to bring another attacking midfielder to compete alongside. One name that does crop up is Bushra from um, Salzburg. Reported to be off to Italy, off to Serie for rel- relatively cheap price of eight million euros altogether is the is the claim now. Newcastle have looked at him, have scouted him. is a long term target, shall we say, but not necessarily the priority on the list for this summer. No, well, well seemingly not. I mean, um, my understanding that they have certainly watched him, and I know that they have. Um, and I'm surprised if he if he does go. To Italy because other English clubs have been linked quite heavily, even the likes of Liverpool and people like that. And I mean, his record is, is excellent. Every time I've seen him, I've been impressed with him. I'm not saying I've watched him extensively, but every time I've seen him, I've been impressed with him. And all the reports seem to be that he is someone who, who really can make an impact that number 10 role. But for whatever reason at the moment, reports in Italy are suggesting he is, is close to going there and seeming in Newcastle's interest must be elsewhere. I mean, Yes, we were talking about Marino possibly leaving this summer, but the likes of Marino and Lejeune were, were, were gems, so to speak, that Benitez unearthed last year. So hopefully that's what he's doing and that's what he can find in the number 10 position. And it, maybe it's a name who nobody has really considered that, that Newcastle are looking at, and I'm hopeful they can get this summer because number 10 is certainly an issue. It's an area he's wanted sorted for a while and hasn't been able to do just like the striker position, so they certainly are looking around to, to find someone to resolve it. On to Fouad Zen, Dwight Gale again linked with Stoke City, um, who also look like they're going to sign um, Tory Escape My Name. That's the one. Uh, who really, He's just gone to Wolves. Yeah, just went 12 million. But yeah, so I mean, that'll be some strike force if they manage to get both of them. Um, I guess Dwight Gale leaving depends on not just one, but two strikers coming in. Because obviously Mitovic goes, which is, is nearly a dead certain. Espinier has a dramatic change of heart. Um, they're going to need at least two strikers to come in. Yeah, I mean, my understanding on this one would be, I mean, the Stoke interest is very real. They would like them. They, they, they see if they get a 4B and Gale, that'll give them a strike force who can, all, as close as you can, guarantee to be towards the top of the table and hopefully come straight back up. Gale scored 23 goals from Newcastle in the Championship, helped him come out. Only got six last day in the Premier League. Um, Gale's happy on Tyneside. He, he would like to stay and I think he would like to fight for his position. And Benitez is not actively looking to sell, but um, it, it's very much dependent on the, the transfer business coming in. If Newcastle get a striker really on, a frontline striker, then later in the window they may consider or at a certain point in the window if they feel confident they are going to bring in a second striker too then Gale or possibly Hossu probably Gale because he's, he, you're likely to get more money for Gale than you would be able to demand for Hossu um, Newcastle would want certainly the 10 million they paid for Gale if, if not more um, then they may consider that but it is going to be dependent on them getting forwards because Benitez doesn't want to be left in a position whereby he sold Mitrovic he sold Gale and then he hasn't got any, any strikers through the door and he, he may have a fair amount when he's sitting there but there may not be anyone in to bring in to replace them. And, and he, they are trying to find value in the market. 
and that's why things are a little bit frustrating but they are looking at all possible options so loan deals permanent moves of a wide variety of prices they are looking at at the moment and let they've me, got backup options too. let me throw some names out then um, Joshua King someone Newcastle like um, I think I mean he seems to want to move to, to be playing up front I think that it could be too expensive uh, Bastos well that's an interesting one I mean he's someone who's been mentioned in transfer meetings over the last 12 months and if truth be told for a good few years even before Benitez was at Newcastle I don't think he was going into the summer necessarily top of the list because of the age and likely cost but if he as reports are suggesting is going to terminate his contract at, at Sport in Lisbon that's certainly something Newcastle will have to look at you can't not her player scored 61 goals in 61 games, regardless of the fact it's in Portugal. If, so, if someone of that calibre Newcastle will look at, they may decide that it, it isn't value for money or they don't think it's possible because Sport and Lisbon could come in and demand, go take them to the court or whatever to try and get some sort of a transfer fee for them. But I think he is someone Newcastle will now consider, not saying he'll be top of the list by any stretch, but I think he, will, he has. you have to consider him. It's, 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 it's a, he's 29, but... You could still get another three or four years, even if he's got no sound value. You're potentially getting someone for free, or certainly a low value that, that that could score goals for you. Danny Ings. Danny Ings, the Newcastle looked at last summer before he got injured, and also in, in January. It's not a name I've heard so far this summer, but um, I suppose he, the fact the interest was there before, you can never rule out. He's, he's, he has scored at the Premier League level before doubts over injuries but he may feel he has to leave Liverpool to get first team football and then Newcastle may have an interest but as I say it's not a name I'd necessarily heard so far this summer. Uh, Nikolai Jorgensen? Jorgensen there is still interest there from January the Benitez identified him then as, the, as, the, as his top target yes his record hasn't been great since but he's the sort of player he's looking at I think Newcastle may well Benitez may believe that he can he can look elsewhere and, and the thing that, that, that the doubt that I have with this one is Newcastle weren't willing to pay what final wanted in January. I don't think the demands have changed radically since then. Will things have changed from Newcastle's point of view in, in six months? Maybe they might have a bit more money once Premier League money comes in, but I still I don't Especially see them paying now. given the fact that I think he scored two goals yeah, since so I just January. Think, so. And I mean, as far as I'm aware, certainly more than 15 million final still want. When Newcastle willing to pay that now, they weren't six months ago, I'd be surprised. Um, and I suppose the other one is, is Tamir Abraham obviously Benitez again thought he had the deal done last summer still holds an interest but that would then potentially affect any loan deal well it would affect the loan deal for Kenny because you can, you can only take one player from one club yeah and Tammy Abraham I couldn't see being the headline striker Newcastle won either he's, he went to Swansea and it didn't quite work out for him if Newcastle to bring Tammy Abraham in I think it would be having brought another forward at first Um so I don't think like last summer he would have been the first choice striker target this summer I don't think that's the case um, and as you say Kennedy they're going to try and explore the possibility of that first I think Chelsea are actually considering selling Kennedy because they, they would like to that they're, they're actually struggling for cash a little bit and they would like they think they can get 20 million plus for Kennedy whether Newcastle can match that is another matter entirely but if they didn't and if they thought we'll keep him for another year see how it goes Newcastle would be pushing for the Brazilian loan, which would prevent them getting Tammy Abraham. But Benitez has a very good relationship with Chelsea, so any of Chelsea's youngsters or 
players who they don't necessarily want who may become available in the castle would be interested in, in taking at least one, well, one of them on loan because they only have one. Just imagine the impact that would have on the city and the club if you woke up. If we, you know, we backpaged Mark Candy signs and £25 million deal. I mean, it would be a bargain in this current climate, but I mean, the, 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 you know, the atmosphere and the, the buzz it would give the fans would be, would be brilliant. It would be. I'm not saying I necessarily expect that to happen, though. No, no, um, me neither. I'm just, you know, hypothetically. Hypothetically, yeah. Um, it would be. I just think that if Newcastle are going to spend that sort of money early in the window, it'll be on a striker, and otherwise they'll wait and see what sort of position they're in. I think Kennedy's more likely to drag on rather than be solved at an early stage. And we'll just wrap up on the fact that, you know, Benitez likes to get things done early, hinted that, you know, he wanted at least two, maybe three in before the World Cup kicked off where what two days away now from that happening realistically no one's going to come in before the World Cup kicks off how frustrated is Benitez going to be? I think he is frustrated Um, he's frustrated with the situation in general with this contract and just the fact that things have dragged on it's it's gone on for now two months the contract talks are still not resolved clearly still hasn't got the reassurance he wanted because otherwise he would have signed it um, and in terms of, of players coming in, well, Dubravka signed, but that was always going to be an easy one to do. Newcastle had first option; they just had to enact the clause. The contract with Dubravka was already pre-agreed, um, and yet yeah, here we are. I don't think we're at panic situation yet because, yes, there has been quite a lot of money spent in the Premier League, but there are a lot of clubs who haven't done any business yet. A lot of clubs who also need to do business who haven't done that much. Um, and it's quite a slow market in general across Europe. The World Cup always muddies the waters there, and the frustration is that the, 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 once the World Cup starts, that tends to slow things down even further, particularly if you are looking at players at the World Cup, which I don't know how extensively Newcastle will be. There are players they are looking at there, but you don't tend to get much value for money at the World Cup, so I think Newcastle will look elsewhere. Benitez would very much have liked one or two players through the door by now. It hasn't happened, um, but they can only work in the situation they're in now. There's, what, six, there's less than two months left in the window. They need to, to start getting some uh, momentum in the transfer market. I think you look across this Boris uh, Fields where the contract's been signed for Wagner. Now, I think he's out of 2022. Just brought in the transfer code again. Do you think he looks across and thinks, well, no disrespect to Huddersfield, but this is Newcastle United and I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs waiting the assurances that I want to take this club to the next level uh, I, yes to a certain extent I think you will be you're looking at it and saying well Huddersfield have broken the transfer record people, uh, people officials at Newcastle would argue well Huddersfield were in a stronger financial position than Newcastle because they didn't have uh, the losses that Newcastle sustained last year they, were, they, were, they basically the money they've got from the Premier League has just been a bonus for them and they've been able to spend all that I think Benitez would accept that to a certain extent, but at the same time, clearly Huddersfield have a plan where they're backing the manager, they they are fully on board of whatever he is trying to achieve. They've signed Congolo on a record fee, which seemingly is more, or reports in France suggest, is higher now than Newcastle's record transfer fee. Um, and yet Newcastle are stuck with this 13 year old transfer record, which everyone keeps mentioning. Benitez since Newcastle got back to the Premier League has only spent £10 million on one player across the course of two seasons they haven't spent more than that on a single player and if they are going to start becoming competitive they're going to have to do that in the current market particularly 
even before prices became ridiculous two years ago, to get a very good player, you're still talking ten million plus. Newcastle now, if you if you want a proven striker, you're talking twenty million pounds minimum. And Newcastle haven't yet shown the willingness to spend that. I hope that that's going to change, and I hope that over the course of summer things will get more positive. But at this stage, everyone's going to point to the fact that does feel spending money is here. Well, why aren't Newcastle? Positive vibes, eh? Well, I'd like to say it's more than that. I mean, who knows? Newcastle may surprise us and sign a couple of players within the next week, and I very much hope that happens. I'm not saying I expect that to happen, but I very much would like it to. Um, yeah, I mean that's it for us. We're going to me- mention Alexander Mitrovic, but you know he's off. The session going to be off the film. I think we're just waiting for. for yeah, I think that when Newcastle were keen to wait until the World Cup, the only risk for that was is an injury. But if he goes and doesn't really score while well, he's playing for Serbia, and they're likely to get through the group, so it's not going to harm his value. But if he goes and scores a few goals, he's got a hat trick. Obviously, the day brilliant third goal that could bring a few of their clubs into the market. I think he's quite keen on that. Although he'd be receptive to going to Fulham permanently. Think he's got a sight set on European football, and Newcastle are hoping that they can command a fee in excess of twenty million if they can, and if they can sell them during or after the World Cup, then hopefully they can then reinvest that potential on striker, potential on someone like Kennedy, and then maybe we will see them spend a bit more money than necessarily people think they might. Fingers crossed. Obviously, we'll keep you up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news. If you head over to chroniclelive.co.uk, that's where you shall find us. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe and share the podcast, whether that be through iTunes, Spotify or whichever platform you may be listening through. And if you want to get involved with the podcast, you can do so via our social media channels. We're over on Twitter at ChronicleNUFC and on Facebook at the same handle, ChronicleNUFC. We want your questions, your topics, your feedback. So why don't you drop us a line and get in touch?